0: Thank you so much for listening to Breadwinning Mums. We really appreciate your continued support over the last year and we're happy to announce that we have published the Breadwinning Mums book. Yay! This book is based on the conversations from the Breadwinning Mums season 1 episodes. It highlights the candid journeys of each mums as well as a golden nugget of wisdom from their life's lessons. Now is the perfect time to give the gift of the Breadwinning Mums book to the special mums in your life, or to yourself. No matter where you are in life, I'm sure the practical tips within the Breadwinning Mums book will help you take your lives just a little bit further. Limited copies available, so order yours now at breadwinningmums.com. That's breadwinningmums.com. Coming up next on the Breadwinning Mums. I, I wish I didn't
1: stress as much as I have in my life. I have put so much pressure on myself to, you know, do and have the things I have. Um, I think I'd also cherish the parent, the time I had with my parents at the time as well, because ah, I feel like now that I'm a, I'm a parent myself and. Um, I just have less time to spend yeah. with them. And, yeah. you know, they, they say that the most time you're ever gonna spend with your child is up until, statistic is till what, about 11 years of age. And yeah. so I think I'd definitely like to say, spend as much time as you can with your parents then, because now trying to yeah. organize to go and see them with years is, is a whole other adventure.
0: Welcome to the Breadwinning Mums Podcast. This is a place where we debunk the myths of working mums, cheer each other on, and show the world that it's okay to be a mum and still pursue excellence in your chosen area of expertise. Today, we're chatting with Amajot Bagar, a fellow breadwinning mum to a baby daughter, Bobby. Amajot is the Head of Environmental and Social Impact at IRIS. She shared with us her life story about moving to Australia from India, how this experience shaped her perspective and ingrained the volunteering and social impact aspect of her life's work, and gave us practical tips on how we could all contribute towards making the world more sustainable in our own little ways. Here we go with Amajot Bhagal. Jot. Hi Jane. How are you? Not too bad thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Summer is uh, is finally here so I can't <laughs> complain.
1: It depends. I suppose Sydney and Melbourne um, sometimes don't feel like that. We've had some um, yeah not not summer like weather.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. let's hope it's it's here to stay for a bit longer. Um, So, Amarjot, we've met once very briefly, (laughs) but we've been in touch because we share the same MBA um, program through UNSW. But can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, how you came to be where you are, where you started from? Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose I'll I'll try my best
1: to to go from the beginning, but also talk through how we sort of um, crossed paths, uh, which is really exciting, um, so I was born in India. Um, my family migrated to Australia when I was about nine. Um, and from there, I grew up um, very much doing community work. Um, we were involved in just a cult, from a cultural perspective. Back in the 90s, um, you know, there wasn't as many families that we knew um, that were Indian. So especially the area we grew up in southwest Sydney, So we tried to um, uh, be involved as much in the community as possible. And I think that really ingrained the volunteering and social impact side of of the work I would come to do. Um, And then I just grew up working and and trying to sort of forge a career path. And um, I did a business degree at university and was really interested in corporate social responsibility topics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I landed in a, my first job at a uni was in, um, forestry and, and learning about carbon when it wasn't very cool back 15 years ago, um, and, and would become a hot topic and then did humanitarian aid work, did, um, uh, worked in different environmental and ESG fields, environment, social governance fields across those years, did, um, Board work as well in the prevention of trafficking, did humanitarian aid, hunger relief overseas. And at the moment, I work for a tech company um, leading environmental and social impact, um, public company, global. Um, so I think all, all of the different career um, opportunities I've had have led to this. Yeah.
0: Perfect. And it's not just that, you also have family lives. Can you tell yeah, us a little bit more yeah. about your family lives? <laughs> like... Think about
1: think about corporate life um, and uh, a family life. I've got a baby girl who's 17 months and um, I started my MBA in 2021, a new job. And I think soon after I found out I was pregnant, but I was too <laughs> stubborn. I was too stubborn um, not to progress. Um and impatient I think I I continued studying although I had an amazing um new job with a lot of responsibility and like I said through pregnancy which was a total breeze and um and then my husband was very supportive I think if I didn't have that um there's no way I could have juggled you know being on the on a on a foundation board and and, and having a corporate role and Um, And then when she was a newborn, I decided to continue that study. So I finished the MBA, which is how you and I sort of met when we were both in our final stages. Um, So it was really nice to cross paths and learn more about how you balanced it all, living and working overseas with your little ones.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. I can't believe you proceeded to go ahead even when she was (laughs) here through the sleep deprivation. So was it all planned when you had the new job? the MBA and the pregnancy was all, were all three planned?
1: Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) Even my, even the way I got the, got the role, um, you know, the role was never really a job. It was actually just a coffee conversation. I I was quite happy where I was in terms of employment, but because of a network um, Mm. someone had asked me to have coffee with the chief legal officer at Iris and from there, it turned into this, uh, you know, uh, problem that they had at the time, which was they'd never had an ESG strategy. And to me, creating something from scratch, it mm. seemed incredible. So I think, mm. um, you know, we were going through IVF and all of those infertility challenges over the last sort of two to three years, and we, there's no way in my grand plan of um, thought um, did I think that I would start a new job in you know May of 2021 post-COVID or, or still living the COVID um, restrictions mm. um, and then the MBA I that that was my focus actually so I had wanted yeah. to do the MBA two years earlier but the timing mm. was never right so I had mm. finally got everything all my ducks in a row start the MBA not having the job lined up so um, I had started the MBA then started the new job actually the probably the same week if if my memory serves me right Um, I actually love that anxiety because I think (laughs) I feed off it 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 like powers me anxiety is my superpower I say Um, it, it really powers me so it powered me I think through um, all of the different um, challenges of trying to settle into a new role, it was a global role. So I was working Mm. um, very, very fun hours into the night again, Mm. helped Mm. me study because I could basically finish a call at 8 PM Australian time, do a couple more hours of work till 10. And then I had this whole routine going. Um, And then the pregnancy, like I said, completely unplanned. Um, It happened out of the blue and, miracle yep. for us um, yep. and I think I was just so happy in life and that's probably why it did happen yeah. I, was, I was studying I was stimulated yep. I had yep. such an amazing role at the time um, mm. I was so stimulated that I wasn't thinking about it as they say <laughs> mm.
0: your body um, relaxes and it that's yeah. when it happened
1: and it's funny they say it happens when you're the most you know stress-free and relaxed I, I can't attest to that I think I, it's the, yep. probably the most stressed I've ever been Just from a responsibility and a... um,
0: Professionally.
1: Yeah, and and also Mm. the task at hand and what we were trying to do from creating something from scratch and and cementing it all.
0: That's amazing. How was your IVF journey before it happened? Was it a really long road? You mentioned that it was two yeah, years.
1: About two years. Yeah. And look, um, you know, we we were diagnosed um, uh, to be unfertile medically, um, <laughs> medically unfertile, but there was really nothing wrong with us, if that makes sense. We were young enough. We're now, you know, mid to late thirties and there was nothing categorically wrong, and mm-hmm. um, which which is really difficult to hear because it means well. Then why isn't it happening? And um, through that journey, I think we learned a lot of patience. We went through the adoption route because you know we oh, wow. we 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 wanted to be parents. Yeah. We we mm-hmm. we would have loved to adopt. Um, that's something we were pursuing, but it's really difficult to adopt. It's really expensive and. We, we did a couple of interviews with some organizations, but it was COVID as well. And that sort of shut a lot of opportunities out for us a, in that time period. Um, and and so, look, we weren't, we, we've been, we're the lucky ones, right? We only went through two years. We did IUIs and two IVF rounds and we're lucky to be financially able to go through that process because it isn't cheap, mm-hmm. Um so I definitely, um, and and then we were able to go through a naturopath, and that's how um, mm. you know, we 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 were able to um, pursue the next sort of journey for us.
0: Mm. Okay, that's interesting. How long have you uh, been either married or together for at that stage?
1: Um, so we were married December 2016, and and we met earlier that year. So we oh, wow. we we now have been married for seven years. Um, coming okay. up. This weekend, I think. We always forget our anniversary,
0: but uh, it's this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Congrats. Thank you. All right. Any plans for another one or are you one and done
1: oh gosh um I say we we would love another one but I think we're just starting to sleep again so (laughs) um uh, I don't know if um if that's something that's on our agenda right now we're just enjoying I say we're enjoying to be able to know what a couple of hours in a row feels like (laughs) to sleep um so definitely enjoying it
0: (laughs) yeah okay and what's your daughter like what's her name so her name's Bobby.
1: She is very naughty and I don't mean cheeky, I don't mean sassy, I just mean naughty. She's just a naughty (laughs) little girl. Um, She will figure out how to find the worst possible way to interact with a toy, piece of furniture, uh, anything you give her. It's like having a puppy. Um, um, She's very curious. um, You know, she's very, very... um, loves anything new so whether it's books or an Amazon box or uh, we do like to um yeah we explore anything yeah
0: how has having Bobby changed your perspective in life oh my gosh I
1: just you know you hear all these sort of cliches it puts things into perspective and you appreciate the little things more it's true (laughs) I would say that you mm. know, when I used to get so nervous before a presentation or before an important meeting or before, um, I think, going on a panel or going on stage, I have not felt any nerves since her birth. I think, Oh yeah. Um, you know, whether you are lucky enough to um, give birth or whether you become a mum or a parent in another way, mm. I think that journey of becoming a parent, it changes you for life um I know for me that I you know the early years of early years the early days of worrying about is she sleeping is she breathing and um I think all those little things now do affect me and you know just put definitely puts things into perspective Mm.
0: I was thinking as well with your line of work with ESG I think you would it would add a a new dimension, I guess, in in what you do, because it's not really just about your work. It's about Bobby's generation and maybe generations after that. It has a much more lasting legacy.
1: Yeah, it's just funny. This morning I was talking to um, an old MBA colleague and she was asking me whether I enjoy the social impact side of my work or environmental. And I said, funnily enough, I think I've definitely been stronger with the social side. I've always been passionate about children's and migrant causes. Mm. But having Bobby has now changed me and changed my mm. environmental lens. Mm. Um, and if, I, if my poor husband thought that I was, um, you know, eco-warrior before this, now, you know, any piece of rubbish and all of that, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just more conscious of the world she yeah. will have. And, and doing my line of work, looking at climate science and knowing that, you know, when she's growing up or when she'll be my age, um, the the destruction and, yeah. um, you know, the environmental and biodiversity loss she will face mm. really mm. affects me.
0: Can you take us to the young Amajo? What was she like? Has she always been um, very much aware of what the world around her and very caring? Um.
1: I don't know if I'd say I was very caring, or have to ask my mum about that. But <laughs> um, I think um, growing up and being a migrant in Australia, I had an amazing community where I grew up, really supportive. Um, however, I think I always knew that we came from a place where we, where people weren't as fortunate. So when we used to do, when we did used to go back to India and visit. And we used to see extreme poverty and, you know, we were complaining about not getting the toy we wanted for Christmas. Again, I, I provided some perspective, but as a child, mm. you do forget, you know, you see that you come back and you're back into your um, developed world life. Um, I think that background really did help um, form a, um, my relationships with friends as well. I I think I've got an amazing group of friends that have influenced my trajectory of my life and they're all involved in, I think, important causes um, in their life. Um, So was I very caring? I I think I was. I, I think I've always loved children. I've always loved family. I've always loved community. All those principles have been really important to me. Um I think I wanted to be a teacher at one point as well. Um, hmm. again, again, that um you know I loved my teachers. I was a total nerd. I, by was I mean m um and <laughs> and I think um i I really enjoyed those professions that were yep. quite caring. I worked at a doctor's surgery for six years through high school as well, and I loved oh, wow. that taking care of um, others.
0: yeah, interesting. Okay. And uh, talking about teachers, you are currently considering further education as well?
1: Um, I think you cards? and I spoke about that. It's still in the <laughs> cards, but I, I always think, am I crazy enough? And now my husband's, you know, working on a really exciting venture for himself. So I think um we, we do balance whether it's his turn to yeah. give a crazy um, idea <laughs> a go, which consumes a lot of his time. So I think it would definitely have to be, it's no longer my decision. It's something that has to be right for, I think, our little family. I have to mm. look at Bobby's needs in the future as well. From yeah. a work perspective, you know, there's some exciting things that I have on next year as well. So mm. I can no longer sort of. I think go in and say well I'll be able to do it all well I can't anymore um yeah definitely have to be more conscious of of my stakeholders as it were (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah okay okay interesting um so you you've explained to us what life is like for you right now which is quite a lot but how are you juggling all that? Um, you
1: know, some days are good and other days um, are really difficult. And, you know, I am really grateful to have um, an employer that supports women um, and parents returning to work. And I've been back at work since since Bobby was about nine months. Um, You know, we've got an amazing um, return to work policy and then maternity leave was generous. But I think if I didn't have uh, a manager that was uh, um, she's a mum herself and so i think she has lived experience with what the challenges are so i've got an amazing you know i go into the office for social connection and i think um i really value working with my mm. colleagues and seeing them in the office um, and then i also have the flexibility of working from home and and i do them both um you know some days i have to go in more days because of meetings and 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 sort of important work and then We've got a full-time nanny that cares for Bobby because she's not a childcare baby. She's decided. Um, she's called <laughs> us very early on. And my husband oh, really?
0: works what from happened
1: home. Oh, a lot happened. So okay. she decided <laughs> she was going to cry all day and get dehydrated for oh, no. Yeah. So, um, we've, and, and, and you know what, it wasn't one or two weeks. We tried for six weeks and, oh, wow! Um, I mean, she's determined she's, she's, <laughs> she's decided she doesn't like child care and she's a princess yeah. and, and wants one-on-one care. So we're very grateful to have an amazing nanny. Um, mm. and the nanny cares for Bobby amazingly well in, in, in line with our values Mm. Um, and so we're very grateful to have, I think childcare is very important to find the right childcare. Um, yeah. that, that's what enables us to do what we need to. My parents live an hour away, so we don't have any sort of family support. Um, so we do need to lean on, um, you know, that, that childcare.
0: Yeah. What was that transition like when you first uh, returned to work?
1: Um, transition was smooth in some respects, but then difficult in others because I had an you know, I felt so much guilt um, where I, I said, you know, we tried so long to have her. We've been waiting for five years to have a child. Mm. Why am I going back to work? And actually, my husband had some amazing advice. And he said, you're not going back to work for her. You're going back to work for yourself. And, and he said, and, and you're going back to work because of what your own needs are. And not because of money and not because of anything else. And I think that really put it into perspective. And because and I said to him, you know, I, I completely understand why women um, become stay-at-home carers because I can see it. I could do it today, whereas that yeah. was a very difficult, mm-hmm. um, I think, assertion for me because I've always been quite career-minded. Mm-hmm. And I could literally
0: give it all up <laughs> for
1: her if she needed me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Okay. Um, if you could give your younger self one advice, I guess, go back to that young Amajo who was about to go in, um, go through, uh, IVF adoption, um, and weighing the balance between either alternatives, knowing all of the wealth of knowledge that you know now, what advice would you give that younger (laughs) Amajo? Um, I would definitely say,
1: I mean, I wouldn't believe it at the time. I I, I only believe it now because I've been through it. But um, I think everything works out and, and you become uh, comfortable with, you know, whatever sort of path you take. So um, I, I wish I didn't stress as much as I have in my life. I've put so much pressure on myself to, you know, do and have the things I have. But then again, at the same time. That's what's provided the drive for me. Um, I think I'd also cherish the parent, the time I had with my parents at the time as well, because ah, I feel like now that I'm a, I'm a parent myself, and um, I just have less time to spend yeah. with them. And yeah. you know, they they say that the most time you're ever going to spend with your child is up until statistics is till what about eleven years of age. And so I think I'd definitely like to say spend as much time as you can with your parents then because now trying to organize to go and see them with Bobby is, is a whole other adventure.
0: And one question that I always ask all moms is what's your alpha mom song?
1: oh gosh okay um I think it's um one song that I really really love um is uh, Budapest I think um, oh, yeah. by George Ezra. I think that's the yeah. name um yeah. it's it's a sh- a song that I share with my best friend in the US Chesney and it's it's a song that we listened to as we were driving through uh kangaroo Valley and we were making dreams of what we wanted in our life and we manifested what we have now I think that always oh, wow. really, that really takes me back to you know 10 years ago this was 10 years ago when we were manifesting the kind of life we wanted so I think if I'm ever feeling it's going to be a hard week we both sort of listen to that song we message each other that we've heard that song it just I think it takes me back to a time when I wanted all this and now that I have it I just I just
0: remind myself yeah that you can do it again or that you are feeling grateful for what you have
1: I think both I think yeah. both like there, there's definitely more leading towards the more gratitude and, and yeah. you know, to be very grateful for what I have. But also remember that um, there was a time when I, you know, what it was creating and shaping and dreaming of this.
0: Mm. Yeah. Perfect. All right. And so for all of the breadwinning mums that are listening right now who wants to do uh, what's what's good for themselves, for their families, but also for the environment and the world at large, what one last tip that you could give them if there was just one thing that they could do?
1: Um, I would think about um, your footprint. So I know that's a not not a small thing, but um, you know I'm I I look at everything from the nappies we buy um, to the products I use for Bobby. So every decision that we make as mums has an impact. So try to buy from sustainable um, brands and products. Do your research. Um, Again, I know, um, you know, I explored whether I buy nappies or whether I do cloth. And uh, unfortunately, due to the chemicals and the cycling process, it's actually better to have nappies. Um, Oh, really? So again, again, it, it all depends on how you sort of evaluate that, and also time. Like I just I don't have the resource to be able to allocate uh, to, to that. But again, if, if it weighed up for me that that was a better option, then I definitely would go go down that pathway. So so for me, my lasting advice is um, don't underestimate, um, I think, the, the value that you have as a parent on the decisions you're making now, anything to do with your baby um, from a product perspective. Uh, especially and also you know with food waste as well I mean I try to teach Bobby about food waste which I'm really passionate about um, yeah. so I, I eat everything she doesn't just so she learns that nothing goes in the bin.
0: Yeah okay any specific resources that you go to um, for those who are Australian based your websites or um, apps that
1: you use? I'll try to send you some links um, yeah. there I, I think uh, I probably take it for granted that I'm I'm bi- here and everywhere, but, uh, you know, Australian Parents for Climate Change I think is a wonderful group to be involved in. Have a look at their website and their resources. Mm. Um, and then there's some, you know, Eco mom websites as well that um, have some great tips on on those evaluations as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And one last tip for quite uh, pessimistic parents who are thinking that the world is not going to, um, reach, you know, Paris agreement. Um, how can we create a slightly more positive impact to our kids, uh, mindset, anything that um, we could do that is also realistic at the same time?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's about awareness. We, mm-hmm. our generation of moms, probably the most aware than all of our um, previous generations and I think trying to pass that knowledge on to our children so uh, like I said whether it's concentrate on the one thing if it's food waste we want to chat about um, I think what's really important for me and I'm going to start Bobby as soon as she turns two is volunteering and showing Mm -hmm. her you know what our community needs are, um, starting small and hopefully we'll get to do it in developing countries like we had exposure to. Um, mm-hmm. but choose what works best for your family and and show the show kids why there's a crisis of either environmental or social from a homeless perspective, you know, especially in Sydney and and take them out to soup kitchens and show them how it works and why it exists. Yeah, perfect.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Amajo, for your time. You're Best welcome. of luck with your next journey. And <laughs> I hope you. to see you around. Thanks so much, Jane. Thanks for your time. Thank you. See okay. you then. This episode of The Breadwinning Mums was produced by me, Jane Lim, and our theme music was produced by Sam McNally. We recorded this episode on the lands of Dark people who have passed their parenting story for generations. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and thank them for caring for country. Connect with us through LinkedIn or Instagram at BreadwinnyMuffs. Until next time.